Are we beefing right now? Are we beefing? What a beefy day. My God. <laughs> Spicy beef. Spicy beef is back on the menu. Ready for, ready for my Baby. Filter. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. Spicy edition. Monday edition. We're First of three air ones. First of three ones. That's right. Oh, we got the free game. We got. Oh my! Yeah, you got two more coming later. I like it, man. You know what? Hope brings it though. Guys, we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up and gamble along. Hopefully, you did better gambling on the Super Bowl than I did. I did actually. <sighs> you did great. I won a lot of money. You on. took the Kansas City Chiefs, didn't you? I did. Thank you, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated. <laughs> did you gamble at all? Did you place a single bet? Win? No. Not, not on, on the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. No, I, I only bet on the NBA these you're days. You're so out on the Super Bowl. I can't believe it. I watched it. It was a good game. Have we game. have we gone so far where we can't just enjoy a sport without gambling <laughs> on it? I'll tell you what. Honestly, last night's game was good in and of itself. But going into it, I was like, I'm not going to care about this game unless I bet on it. Turns out it would have been good anyway, and I just bet and lost all kinds of money. My betting on the Super Bowl, though, got progressively dumber as the night Did it get on. to a point where you're betting run or pass? Yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's when yep. you know you need to stop. <laughs> That's when they got you. When you're betting was, on next play. I was like, come on, baby, throw a pass. Oh, he's running it. Of course he is. Uh. A stupid decision. Um, guys, today's show is going to be a fun one. So we uh, All-Star week weekend coming up this weekend. We're getting a show in today. Yes, we do have the uh, a regular post-game show coming up for you later on tonight, so you're going to get a double dose. But we're going to run this week Monday through Friday, and then we'll all be ducking out for the uh, All-Star Weekend. But on today's show, you guys believe it. We got through. I didn't know if we were just going to have to do mailbag. Just gotta, there's an, What are we going to talk about? It's Monday. Someone recap a weekend. Something. Someone give us something. And then lo and behold, Bones Highland walked up to his introductory press conference with the Los Angeles Clippers. And he threw some heat. Kale, do you have the clip for us to bring up here? Roll that clip. Roll that footage. All right. I got I to gotta preface this before we go. We've seen a few young players depart Denver, and there's always a similar theme. Some stories emerge, like, well, you know, here's a little thing. So I want everybody to take with a grain of salt that whenever a player and an organization part ways, there's two sides of a story. And both, usually they don't line up at all. We've been kind of telling you guys for weeks now, hey, this is bubbling. People kept being, why are you trading? And like, what's going on? This is a big deal. Like, no, there was some stuff that was bubbling below the surface that sounded like, or at least we're being told, is becoming like, hey, we might have passed the point of no return. I think everybody yeah. kind of sees now, man, there's a little point on that. So I wanted to preface that. But now we get into this comment wind. He says he's a point guard, and he says he didn't get to showcase all of this. What do you think when you hear that? I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, he was the backup point guard all season last <laughs> year. It was literally year. his role. It was really this his year. He played, you know, the first half of the season was exclusively the backup. Then had to share the floor with Jamal Murray like the last month or two. Um, but I mean, he's trying to rewrite history, I guess. And he's Is also he? trying to, you know, play to the Clippers crowd because the Clippers have been needing a point guard for a while. So I think he's trying to play into that. But he was the backup point guard here. I I don't get it. Yeah. Um, sometimes you talk yourself into your own motivational lines, I think. And Bones is def like, is this how Bones processes and, and turns stuff into motivation? Maybe. You yeah. know, that could be a big part of it. Um, to play devil's advocate, he might have been talking about lineup construction this year. Sure. Who he was playing with, when, uh, the prospects of playing point guard with that lineup. But I'm with you, Wind. My initial reaction to that particular line and framing is, uh, what? 
Because that that's the thing about seeking a trade is th- there's or or being okay with a trade or however. There's not many better roles for a young talented guard out there right now than getting to man the second unit for a contender. Um, so this is, you know, but I I would imagine it's not the first maybe whether you want to call it revisionist history or different perspective okay. than Denver fans have that we'll see. I mean, here, I'm going to play the even more of a devil's advocate here and say, I think there is a lot of truth to what he said and a lot of not truth, to a lot of falsehood to what he said. Like, this is what's great about it. Rarely is there an instance where there is a good guy and a bad guy. I think it's pretty clear, and we'll talk about this later, that Bones is becoming a villain to Denver. Like, I clearly, he's not looking like, you know, oh, I'll just go over here and like, hey, no hard feelings, like whatever you want here. I think he's like, you know what? I want to make Denver suffer. I think there's a lot of that going on with him. But he did play point guard. This idea that he wasn't tasked with doing that, I think, is wrong. Mm -hmm. The idea that maybe he didn't showcase his best point guarding skills in Denver, I think, is right. And whether that was because Denver didn't allow him or didn't set him up for, I I don't know. I think that you could probably make an argument each way. I will say... A lot of the lineups they rolled him out with did not have a secondary creator. I mean, he was out there with Bruce Brown and Jeff Green and these different guys. Like, he was the point guard. You yeah. roll him out there with lineups with Jamal Murray. Yeah, I think that in those lineups, maybe it was a little bit more confusing. And that was probably the, you know, where this became frustrating. But so I would give this one a partially, like a political fact, partially true, partially false. Yeah. But probably hints at why he was so frustrated. Mm-hmm. Man, and it's also like he came into a championship contender as a rookie. And like, yeah, the Nuggets were missing a lot of guys last year. But, I mean, he got more rope than any rookie has ever gotten under Michael Malone. He played a bigger role as a rookie than, you know, really anybody has in this era. And then, um, like, this year, you know, he was just... They traded away Monte Moore so he could be the backup point guard. Yeah, exactly. The Nuggets actually made a move that cleared him. Yeah. yeah. The, the stage was set, like, heading into the season for him to be the backup. And, like, that's what he was. And then, yeah, when they went to Jamal Murray with the bench, that was only something that happened over the last couple of months. That wasn't at the beginning of the season. I will say one of my notes throughout most of the year when I was coming to Bones' defense was – the Nuggets are calling, and I know most of the Nuggets is like play calls or what things they're trying. The Nuggets are calling a lot of Bones ISOs. And so part of me does think that there's at least a little bit of this where I think Bones was putting in, put into a tough spot repeatedly. And I think there's a little bit of this of Bones also put himself into a tough right. spot repeatedly. Yep. I think both things are true. And with regards to the point guard spot. So I am curious to watch, as I was with Nurkic. Like, well, look, when Nurkic left Denver, when he departed Denver, All of the things that were bad that we said about Nurkic and also that the team was saying about Nurkic were very true. I don't think any of those were like, well, you know, you're embellishing it because he's on the other side of that. But at the same time, Nurkic did have more to offer that emerged once he got to Portland. And you have to ask yourself, why did this guy shine? Was it strictly circumstantial? I think a lot of it was. But was it strictly or were there some things that, you know, they, they handled that situation better? You can determine what you how you feel about that. I think the same will be true for Bones, but I'm not ruling out that he doesn't that he doesn't land in the Clippers, which I don't think is a great situation for him. By the way, that's not like the place I would have placed him to say like, oh, he'll definitely excel there. But if he does, I do think that that will change the story a little bit. There'll be a hmm, why did he get more out of there and not here? Yeah, I'm really curious to see how it works with the Clippers and going from Michael Malone to Ty Lue because. I feel like Michael Malone, for the most part, 
just let Bones be Bones. Yeah. I mean, how many rookie and second-year guys could go onto a contending team like the Nuggets and play like Bones did? Yeah. You know, like launch 30-footer, like play that style. I don't think it's a lot. So, But is that a good thing, though? Because as much as I agree with you, and that is like empowering for the yeah. player, maybe less empowerment would have been more We'll in this see if, it was, if it's a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. And you talk about empowerment. I mean, Bones is certainly not Kawhi Leonard, but like you said, the situation he's headed into. I mean, it's not like yeah, that's true. players have, I think, kind of run the show to some extent in yeah. Cumberland. So uh, how much leeway will Bones get? Because look, man, some degree, a large degree of this is him. It's like the Austin Rivers line. At some point in Bones' career, more criticism will come, and he will have to look in the mirror. Right. You know That point will come if it's not already now. Uh, so we'll see how that organization works out for him. We talk about some of this as pandering to a new audience, and we know Bones is good at this. You know, and I'm, this oh, is yeah. not, a, by the way, an insult. Like, I think more athletes should try to... One of the things I loved about Bones is he genuinely tried to connect with athletes. There's a lot of NBA athletes in particular who make no effort to connect with the fan base that supports them and pours, gives all this love and won't even sign autographs and do these different things. Bones was so good about that, and that's no small thing. I appreciate that. Honestly, a, a very foundational level. Me too. I appreciate that. At the same time, part of pandering, like politicians, it's a little like it doesn't have to be fully true. Kale, bring up the tweet. Always wanted to be with the Clippers. Here's one that I'm like laughing at. I don't doubt that there is some truth to this, but didn't he say the same thing about Denver? Isn't the line, yeah. oh, the workout, when I was here for the workout, no, there is a story about when Bones met with the Nuggets front office at the draft yep. combine and rapped a song about Kobe yep. to Tim Connolly. That's his best song, by the way, I think. <laughs> there was like a connection, and he has said, like, yeah, that's when I knew I wanted to be in Denver. So, <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. But he has talked in the past, I think maybe on this show, about draft night. You know, knowing the Clippers were interested. Oh in yeah, the Clippers were interested mind. in him. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, like Bones. I, by the way, I don't want to sound like I'm just switching up. Like I'm, you know, still appreciate the same stuff. But there was, there was, like, he'll campaign, man. He'll campaign. Yep. And I'm not surprised to see him, you know, leaning into the Clippers thing. I, lo I kind of love the way their social admin has leaned into yeah. it. This rivalry has juice, boys. Don't give up. This rivalry does have juice. But now, guys, we're just talking about circumstance. He said, she said, this the small stakes. Let's get to the big stakes. Do we have the clip of him being asked? Oh, here we go. Serious? All right, just cut back to us. Well, it appears that we have no sound on that. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and explain the, the clip here. And if you haven't seen it, you can find it on social media. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or everywhere else. He was asked very specifically what it's like going from Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And he gives a very thoughtful answer about how Nikola's a pass-first player. Those other two guys are more scorers. Mm -hmm. And then he ends it, though. Just, just in case you thought maybe he forgot to mention Jamal Murray, maybe he just forgot to bring something up, he circles back. He's like, so just to reiterate, I'm going from a place that had one great player to now a place that has two great players. To me, Man. when you don't have to squint, you don't have to like, oh, maybe he misspoke. I think this is a five pepper calling out Jamal Murray going out of his way to say just to kind of stick a little jab in there without it sounding like it. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I mean, it's obviously that it's obviously that man. And like my this whole bone situation, I've said this before. It's just kind of sad, in my opinion, how it's developed and how it ended and the next chapter of it. It's just sad. 
He doesn't have to do this. He doesn't have to call Jamal Murray out like that. He doesn't have to throw shade at him. But I think what it shows is like, and we talked about it on this show in the lead up to the trade, like there was definitely something off between those two. And it spilled out a little into social media, you know, that Jamal Murray tweet, of course. And I mean, we talked about it on this show, how I don't think either of those guys really liked playing together on that second unit. There was always kind of, there was never really the chemistry there between those two guys on the court at the same time. You felt it from Bones, you felt it from Jamal, and and you see it there. Yeah, I yeah, I think this is what you it, seem annoyed by the story. No, no, I'm not annoyed. I'm just I, sad, man. Yeah. Like, dude, there's, there's it did not have to happen this way, dude. This is a total to me. This is a totally great arc. Like, I'm not into these weird narratives all the time, but this one has played out so perfectly to thing. where I'm like. It, this is how rivalry now. It's if, like this is like a storyline from WWE. Yeah, that's, totally. But is. that's it though. It's the full heel turn, and that yeah. is the part of this that I actually appreciate as yeah. much as it's also tough to watch. Bones was never just gonna go quietly. Yeah, he was always gonna go full heel turn, and it's look now that he's off the roster, and it, it doesn't have to distract. Like it can be fun. Like I'm very much looking forward to those two playing against each other should it happen on the 26th he's a villain now right i he's mean where villain. where is nuggets nation i haven't really been online i've been in meetings all day what is nuggets nation he's a villain they hate him yeah oh it, how it, do you guys feel oh it, it we're there they hate him as well you're kind of like I don't know. not hate him personally because we kind of got to know him personally but you're like nope want to win want to beat him I in mean, particular based on what he said today he wants that yeah he wants to be the villain yeah that's Denver. the thing. That's what I'm saying. He embraces this stuff. He was going to make it a heel turn. And that can be kind of fun, too. It's funny. I didn't. I got here after the Nurkic stuff. This is the first time I've watched the origin story. You know? Like you were here after the Nurkic thing? I, I, yeah, I was. That's crazy. I was not here the first time. An, an that's a real perspective warp for me. I thought yeah, you man, were here. Yeah, that's, man. That's, that's my... This is how short my air has been. So, that's... For me, this no is the craziest intended. thing is... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Sorry, no, that's sorry. good. No, it's good. Is right. it, watching this develop. I'm like, oh, this is how it happened, and having yeah. a full appreciation for the context. You know, listen, man, let's not kid ourselves. We were very close to naming this guy Mister Nugget. He is now Mister Anti Nugget. Like, oh man, he's, Mr. he's the he's villain. Mr. He's villain number one, man, and and he wants it that way. That's why. That's why I'm comfortable framing it that way. You know, is I think Bones would would do the same. This is why it's so freaking big is because he really was almost Mr. Nugget. And I'm telling you us in our wisdom and I feel like this is one of our great calls of the year. We can't name it in the off season. You can't do it. Just like games <laughs> championships aren't won in the off season, Mr. Nugget's not won in the off season. Yep. You have to you have to actually go through and see what happens. And I think very early on in the season it was like Maybe let's not. Wait let's wait. See let's what wait. Happens. Let's wait. And I think it's for the best because this would be really awkward if he was Mr. Nugget. Mr. Anti-Nugget, I think, sounds right. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, though, we're going to get to mailbag questions, but we also have to put a bow on this by saying the Nuggets play the Clippers very, very soon. I just want to talk about if that game, what, what we expect from it, how we think Jamal Murray will respond to this latest uh, round of quotes. Athletic Greens, guys, it's a product I use literally every day. Uh, I started taking it because I just wanted better gut health, more energy in my daily life. And what you're getting with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
Whole food source superfoods, yeah, probiotics, but and adaptogens. Wind looks so good lately. That is what like it it's is. It's just the athletic greens. I am back on the athletic yeah. greens. I am on it. The nails are shiny. My nails? Yeah, it's a part of it, Eric no. says. There you go. Lifestyle friendly, no matter what diet you're on. Uh, if you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, Athletic Greens works with that. So Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash nuggets. Athleticgreens.com slash nuggets. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did somebody, somebody here was it? I got to give credit here to Philip. He says, a petition for you to rename the Bones Burger the Ish Fish Burger. Ish Dude, Fish. Someone added DNVR Sports. If we don't want to switch up the menu, yeah. <laughs> someone added DNVR Sports and said, where's the Chan Charcuterie Board? I know. That's it's a really good <laughs> one. laughing at that for two days. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Guys, Shady Rays, kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. They've got this awesome deal going on just for DNVR listeners. Uh, go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DN- DNVR, or you can visit them in-store, Park Meadows Mall. You get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized Boy. sunglasses. 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Just drop the code DNVR at ShadyRays.com or in store. Shady Rays has awesome sunglasses. <laughs> You're going to save a lot of money over those brands that are overpriced and break all the time. Just get hooked up with Shady Rays. ShadyRays.com, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses with the code DNVR. Did the chat's on fire. Maybe it's the boneless fish bit the of burgers. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. It is a boneless uh, fish burger. Just a little sharpie on the oh, menus. Oh, man. This is, this, you know what's funny? Because I see some people saying, you know, this is sad. This is sad. I mean, it is sad because... I'm sad. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not sad, even though this is sad. Like, this is sports, man. Like Totally. Sports, this type of narrative drama is just healthy for, for a sport. It's fun. And it sucks that because we wanted to win a t- championship with Gary Harris and Monte Morris and Will Barton. Like, we wanted, you want to do it with the most organic collection of players possible. The longer you're in this, the more you kind of see, like, that's not going to happen. But Bones definitely fit that. He was our guy. Yeah. Right. And now he's our enemy. I mean, I really do think so. Um, guys, I've been hinting at this for a long time. Some things you can say, some things you can't. I'm going to go ahead and say that I have heard quite a bit of, um, that there were quite a bit of a, disconnect between Bones and Jamal Murray. I mentioned it while watching them play, that there were times where I felt like Jamal maybe was too passive and putting Bones in a bad spot or dominating the ball and then Bones is off ball. It just I'm not trying to put it all on Jamal or, or one player. I'm just saying, to me, you could sometimes you can tell when players don't seem to get along that well, then you hear some different things. I think it was reflected in the play. What I'm curious about, Jamal Murray, how does he approach this? The Clippers are a team that will be going up against Denver in the playoffs, very likely. They're trying to come out of the West. I Mm. think Bones might earn some minutes. More importantly, they play each other here in like 12 days. How does Jamal approach Clippers games, Harrison? Um, (laughs) See if I can grasp for an answer. Um, Well, I like the way he approaches them. Yeah, I, I would think... Look, Jamal is also a guy who will turn stuff into motivation and put it in the chamber, you know? And I would think, if he's playing in that game, that he very much wants to score 30 points. And it's not just about beating that team. Yeah. It'd be about sending a message as well. Oh, yeah. I've got to think so. I I think Jamal will look to put him in his place. Absolutely. So a couple things about that game. It's the second night of a back-to-back. It's on ESPN. 
And the game before it is at Memphis. So Denver's going to have to travel from Memphis back to Denver to play that game, which always sucks. Why do they do this? I swear to God. What is going games, on with what, the NBA schedule this on, year? In particular, particularly ESPN. the Nuggets schedule. It's, what the heck? Oh, you have an important division game? We'll make it a back-to-back. Oh, you're going to be on national television in front of a big audience? Let's make it a travel back-to-back. Like It's a little crazy, but nonetheless, I digress. That game to me, like I don't know if Murray should be playing. He's got right knee inf- inflammation. The me- the Memphis game is far more important. Memphis is the only team that can realistically catch Denver in the standings. You win that one, you almost lock up. You have two games against Memphis coming up in the yep. next like three weeks. You win both of those, you almost lock up the number one seed. So that game's far more important. But what do you expect? I know it's a ways way, ways off, but do we expect that to be like no circle the calendar game for Jamal Murray? Oh, I mean. Look, Jamal's been playing in back-to-backs recently, so it might not be an issue at all. You might just play in it. Yeah. But um, I've got to think, like, knowing the competitor that Jamal is and the stuff that we think and know went on between them, I've got to think Jamal's circling that game. I, I've got to think that's something he's going to take personally. The Jokic-Nurkic game. Now, Jokic has solved Nurkic, and now he absolutely dominates him. But the worst moment in the regular season for us personally was when Nurkic completely dominated Jokic yep. in that game. We wanted Jokic. To us, that was like a big yoke, do it for us. We picked you, not him, like show up, and Nurkic just dominated him. So that one, I'm a little shook from. Was that the first one? That was the first one, and it was the have a nice ha- summer. Yeah, it was All nice of that summer. stuff was at the exact Took same like moment. Took two, three games to get past it. Too. Oh, it man, was, I'm yeah. telling you, it was rough. I do not expect it to be similar. Okay. I the, To me, like this is one of the big fundamental differences between Murray and Jokic as a competitor. So true, man. Not, not that they're competitive, right. but like how it manifests yes. in terms of taking stuff personally. Great take. And Jamal, I think, is a like... I mean, I'm sure he saw and heard those quotes, you know? You think? There's one player that's not <laughs> phenomenal. You guard me for five minutes. Let's see how it goes. And and so that's that's Jamal's style, man. So I'm expecting it. The, the funny thing about that is you mentioned it. Like, you can't really rest that Memphis game. You also might have an opportunity to, like, push that door c- kind of close. Oh, man. Create a real gap. So uh, we'll see. Another another factor, and we have to yet to see how this manifests with Reggie Jackson in on the roster, is that make it that much easier to start resting Jamal in these back-to-backs? Again. Yeah. If you get those Memphis games, yeah. I mean, here's the, here's the thing, man. If you do win both of those Memphis games, I do think it sets you up to not have to sprint to the finish line, which is huge. Denver's never been in that spot. Never. They've only been the spot where they're resting like one game and configuring the standings. Yeah, it's in do some that. Way. Which maybe that's what Denver would rather want. I mean, is there a yeah. chance that Denver maybe look? I don't think Denver cares as much about the regular season as we personally do. I'm going to go ahead and Hell say no. this out there. You saw that Orlando game. Like, I think, that, but is there a chance that Denver get, almost wants to drop so that at the end they can kind of look around and be like, hmm? Uh, I don't think they should. I think they should get the one and just get home court throughout the entire playoffs. I think that would be just the best path to go. Um, but then you're worrying about oh, who's going to sneak into that eighth spot, which is also really scary. Yeah. But I would just. I would take the one seed, get home court, just keep it simple like that. That's what I would do. One more thing on this Clippers thing. You know, Reggie Jackson's also coming from the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not quite like it is with Bones. Like, Reggie's, I don't expect when he does a presser, is just going to insult, you know, Paul George and Ty Lue and everyone else on the way out. We only had one special offensive player over there. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I don't know. Do you think it was that, Zubats? Honestly, that might be more the matchup: Reggie versus Bones. And I don't know if I can count on Reggie to like care as much. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's what's so point. interesting about like the Clippers' depth and Bones's role is the Clippers let go of their backup point guard and third string point guard. Yeah. Just send him away, Reggie Jackson and John Wall. Yeah. And Bones, if you look at just Luke their, Kennard too, by the way, who yeah. was a guard. And they got Eric Eric Gordon at the two off the bench. Bones is their only other quote unquote point guard. Might play a lot. We'll he find might. out right away he whether might. he's playing or not. I mean, I think as early as tonight. Do they play tonight? They play tomorrow. They play, play They've tomorrow. had like four days off. Or something. Yeah, lucky them. Um, I'd, either way, I just think that this is going to be way spicier than people realized. Um, I had heard a lot of things. I was just wondering if the quotes would come out. Bones has done enough that I think that we'll hear about the story for the next two weeks. I really do. He's not shying away from it. Not shying away from it. I don't think Bones shines away from these things. But you know what? No, the other is Jamal. There was that story, and I always come back to it. It was a little bit of a weird one to me. Bones arrives, and you remember Jamal Murray on one leg challenges him <laughs> to a free throw contest, and then very publicly <laughs> made sure everyone knows that knew that he went. With his left hand. With his left Jamal hand. Murray I just remember it. I just remember that going like, man, that's two guys that are able to want to like always go at each other. And I and sometimes that's really healthy, right? That can be the perfect thing. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about the other day after the Bones trade went down and we were looking back on like the final chapter of his tenor in Denver. Remember when he got his high school jersey retired? Yeah. In Philly? Yes. And he went by himself. We asked him this. We had an interview that ended up going to the ether. Yeah. And nobody from the Nuggets showed up at that thing. That's when we should have known it was over. I kind of did, to be honest with you. The question that we asked him was, hey, did any Nuggets plan on going? And he's like, I don't think so, man. If they did, it would mean an awful lot to me because that's real big. But nobody we'll, went. But we'll see. And nobody went. Nobody. I think that is a meaningful thing. Yeah. Because I think the Nuggets. I think there's enough Nuggets players that would have known it was a big thing. That if they were still in at that moment, they probably would have showed. And of course, after that game, he flew home alone on a Southwest Airlines flight. Yeah. <laughs> what a messy split here. The NBA. Big on drama. Usually the Nuggets are outside the I drama. Know, you man. know it? I can't believe it. I it's being overshadowed by, like, Phoenix made a trade. but Yeah, thank uh, God. I know, man. But it's never. The Nuggets are never in the headlines this way. I know. It's, it's kind of fun. We'll see. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we got a lot of mailbag questions you guys asked. We'll have answers. Uh, guys, DraftKings Sportsbook. Hope you had a good uh, day of betting on Super Bowl Sunday. Adam did not. Uh, did you have a good day oh, of betting, vote? I had a great day. Let's hear it. Like, what, what, what went down for you on the DraftKings Sportsbook app? Uh, uh, money line, a live money line. Chiefs, of course. I got involved with uh, with some parlays. Involved with some parlays. Uh, AJ Brown, uh, Kelsey. Um, uh, I think I had the Hurts touchdown as well. I was feeling it. I was feeling wow. it. I just look most of most of the betting sports calendar. I'm uh, I'm in a fog without Deborah Eric. Here's the thing you have to know though about vote. He's from Jersey, yeah. right? And so Philly to him is this evil thing. And I try to tell him that Kansas City is the Philly. I of got the, that. Oh yeah, the Midwest. I got that. Absolutely. I was really excited to celebrate Philly's loss. No one here was feeling it. Yeah. So. Well, we have people in the office who are from Philly. Oh, and, the you know, diehard Eagles fans. Yeah. It's been a rough day for them, but um. Super Bowl is awesome on DraftKings Sportsbook. One of the best days of the year to bet. But, of course, we've got NBA no-sweat same-game parlays. we got Nuggets games coming up. Always tons of stuff to bet on with DraftKings Sportsbook. So make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code DNVR. New customers right now can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. 
Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, also, Jive Hive. Uh, we just had the good folks from Jive Hive here at the bar for our watch party last week. They're awesome. It's great to meet with them. Great to hang out with them. Um, Jive Hive, if you don't know what they are, they are a virtual dispensary on wheels. Uh, JiveHive.com. They serve a bunch of Denver areas, Aurora, Greenwood Village. They're also in Monument, Fountain, various areas of El Paso County. JiveHive.com. Um, you can order same-day delivery. You can schedule a delivery window. They're convenient, great pricing. They're private and secure. JiveHive.com, Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument Fountain, various areas of El Paso County. JiveHive.com. Check them out. There you go. Um, all right, let's get into some of these mailbag questions, shall we, Kale? What do we got? Do you see Christian Brown losing his spot in the rotation with the additions of Jackson and Bryant or Malone try a 10-man rotation? This comes from Dylan Joseph Wallace. Love the question. It's just like such a... I mean, here's something I've been thinking about. Look, I was talking about this a lot earlier this season that I thought Jamal Murray was playing too much. And yeah. I think when you stagger him with the bench, you just put a lot on him, man. And even now, like... I I just would not be playing Jamal Murray 37, 38, 39, 40 minutes a night. And sometimes when he staggers with the bench, he has to do that. So, yes, I don't think it'd be the worst idea to go back to a 10-man rotation. I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to try to preserve just the health and the freshness and energy of this entire roster. And Reggie Jackson can play those minutes. You know, he's been playing like 25-plus minutes with the Clippers all season. That's yeah. me, though. Yeah, if he plays well enough, I think that's convincing. I was against this. You've made this point all year. I've kind of internally, I've always felt like, whatever, just go with nine men. He'll be fine. He's missing games with knee inflammation. Yes, it's the other knee. It's enough games now that I'm I'm definitely seeing your point um, right. and opening it up to a 10-man. I mean, that's kind of the point of going out and getting another guard. So, um, you know, if Reggie plays well enough, I'm definitely into that, exploring that. I mean, here's the thing. But he has to play well enough. The Nuggets have been phenomenal with Jokic on the court and terrible without him. I know it's not that simple. They play their starters a lot of minutes. I Knock on wood, for what I'm about to say, I really can't imagine them being worse. You know what I mean? True. Yeah, It's totally. been so bad that you're not worried about, like, what if the bench is worse? It's yeah. like, well, what's worse than this? Like, half the time they played three minutes and had to be subbed out because and then the starters had to come back in, which is the worst-case scenario going forward. I'm with you, Harrison. I would put it two ways. I think one of this is, to your point, a 10-man rotation might just be healthy because it's fewer minutes overall for everyone. But I also just think there's going to be a, more games than people realize where Jokic or Murray rests or Gordon mm -hmm. going forward, especially if Denver can race out and grab a little bit of a lead. I mean, if you look at the standings, I'm not sure Denver's worried about Memphis as much just because the season's so weird and like I'm not counting on Memphis to make it to the Western Conference Finals. I'd be a little more surprised if they did than anything. Yeah. So at that point, one or two, whatever, and you're not going to be three. They're just too far up. What are they, six games in the loss column? Oh, yeah. It's pretty 20, much over. Yeah. The numbers are starting to say that they're almost certainly to be a top two seed. I'm just going to go ahead and say I think the Denver rests more than they ever have down mm. the stretch of the mm -hmm. season. 
Yeah, guys. and then when you get to the playoffs, yeah, of course you go back to that nine-man rotation. Of course you go to like or an eight-and-a-half-man yep. rotation. Um, yep. But that's in the playoffs. Uh, I will say, though, I am worried. <laughs> like About Christian Brown? Yeah, if Malone disagrees with us, <laughs> I would be worried about Christian Brown being the guy that's like, well... Does Reggie Jackson play over Christian Brown in the playoffs? He shouldn't, but you need a point guard so it makes sense. Like... I don't It'll know. It'll be interesting. Reggie Jackson, by the way, because I saw some people being like, oh, man, you guys are so high on him. Like, I'm high on him, again, relative to expectation. I know that Reggie Jackson is a very volatile player. Oh, yeah. Like, he, I've likened him to Will Barton, where that he has a lot of talents, but there are going to be games, I think, where he could come in and you're like, this is a little too much Reggie right mm-hmm. now. Um, so seeing how that plays out will be interesting. What else, Gal? Can somebody with better eyes read this? Trading Bones seemed like a floor-raising but ceiling-lowering move for the bench. The two-parter here. Do you see either Jackson or Bryant as ceiling raisers, especially offensively? And then is a staggered starter necessary to give the bench a chance at sustained offensive production? The second half of that I felt like is particularly interesting. But I'll open up. staggered? Yeah. I mean, yes, staggering a starter like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. definitely – raises just I think the floor of that bench unit for sure it makes them way better I think Thomas Bryant like is a definite ceiling raiser for that group I mean Thomas Bryant's a good player he could start for a bunch of teams in the NBA a bunch of bad teams but he could start like if he was playing 30 minutes a night he'd be putting up 20 and 10 on good percentages on pretty high efficiency he can put the ball in the basket so that is something Denver hasn't had in the front court of its second unit at all this season. You know, DeAndre Jordan, Zeke Naji, the two guys who have gotten a run at backup five, they're not the scorers that Thomas Bryant is. So I just think he is adding an entirely different dynamic to that second unit that that's going to raise that ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's – I mean, they haven't had a big – that's really – imposed any sort of threat offensively this season so that could go a long long way um but i i do wonder i i am very just curious about the stagger thing it's the first time we've really heard malone sound so principled about it in the yoka chera the 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 need to have at least one of those two guys on the floor and if he relents on that is it then porter you know what i mean and and, and not murray be very curious to see how he handles that because there is something too, like I get what you're saying about the 10 man. It also spends, feels like we spent three seasons wondering if he's ever going to stagger and now he's committed to it. And it's like, do we really want him to go away from that? So I, I'm of two minds about it and I'm curious. I will say, I keep coming back to this stat that the Nuggets are 33 and two when Jokic is a plus eight or more, <laughs> meaning it almost always happens that he's a plus eight or more. And it almost always matters that like, your bench is going to lose you seven or less fewer points. So mm-hmm. the, again, the, the the it's such a low bar for them to clear to just be like, hey, don't lose your minutes by more than seven overall. Um, I think what was the first part of that question again, Kale? Can you, can you bring that one back the up? The ceiling raiser. The ceiling Thomas raiser. Yeah, this one. This to me, this is the more interesting mm-hmm. question because I agree that Bones was a ceiling raiser, but I think he was also a floor lower. Yeah, like he was a little bit of both. I would say I don't know if the ceiling raise is as important as much as the floor being higher is important. Here's the thing. Nikola Jokic is your ceiling raiser. Jamal Murray is your ceiling raiser. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is your ceiling raiser. To me, those guys are good enough to win a title. Aaron Gordon. 
KCP. Those guys are good enough to win a title. What you need is guys that don't let the bottom fall out. And to me, Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant probably represent more of that, especially in the regular season. In the playoffs, I think probably more Thomas Bryant than Reggie Jackson, mm. although Reggie Jackson has had his moments, you know, where he's made a bit of For impact. Sure. So I don't think they represent ceiling raisers over a Bones. That's why getting rid of Bones is so hard. His ceiling is so high. He's so talented. But I just think it mattered less for Denver. What matters is you have guys that aren't going to lower your floor. Get yeah. it and get it right right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? To that. <clears throat> uh, of the four Nuggets' first-round draft choices from the past three years, who will have the best career, Zeke, Bones, Brown, or Pewaukee? Man, that's a good question. My guy Harlow up in Alaska. That's a I great like question. That. Who will have the best career? I think you got to go Christian Brown I right agree. now. I agree. It's my pick. I think based on what he's shown, he's a lock to have like a 10-year NBA career. That's why it's why he's the pick. You know? I'm with you. Bones may be the highest ceiling out of all those guys. Agree. But, I mean, tell me if you disagree, but there's a scenario where Bones is like out of the league in a couple years if things go really poorly for him. I mean, I would say that's worst case scenario, but I'm I'm with your larger point about the floor. Yeah, Christian Brown, just what he's already shown, he's going to have a long NBA career just by doing the exact things that he's doing as a rookie. Every rotation could use one guy that does the yeah. stuff he he's, does. He's the role player that every contender wants, Christian right. Brown. Right. I think a lot of people wait for the perfect scenario to thrive in the NBA. Like, well, I wasn't in the perfect circumstance. I think Christian Brown, one, he, he doesn't he would fit into a wide variety of circumstances because of his skill set and, and what he is. So I think that part gives him an, an upper an edge as well. I'll say this. I think part of why Bones has failed to this point, at least with Denver, is in part because he did not learn the right lessons. Not fully. Not fully. I'm not trying to... This is a complicated thing, and I'm not trying to make it like black and white, this or that. But I do think that there were room for growth for Bones along the way that he did not achieve. Checkpoints along the way that he did not achieve. Mm -hmm. Now, that happens for some players, and they get traded, and they look in the mirror, and they kind of grow up. But I'm just saying, with Christian Brown, I'm less concerned about that part of it. And I'm more confident, you know, that he'll just be like, okay, he's going to play hard. He's going to rebound. He's going to play defense. Like, he's going to do those things, so I think he'll be in there. Is there a dark horse candidate here? I mean, we just don't really know much about Peyton Watson. It would be hard to say Zeke, I think. It's not going to be Zeke. (laughs) I think, like, if you just said Christian Brown and Zeke, you'd be like, okay, I think Christian Brown's almost a lock to have a better. I mean, the Nuggets are incredibly high on Peyton Watson. Like, they love him. They, They love his potential. I'm gonna he go, he yeah. has the tools to be the guy out of those four. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't see it, but I'd be very happy to be wrong about him. Yeah. The, the other thing about Christian Brown is, yes, I agree that he would thrive in every scenario because he just does the type of things that every team needs. I also think he's he went to the perfect team in the Nuggets yeah. where he can just play to his strengths. Yes, totally. You know, he doesn't have to explore his offensive game too much. He can just do what he feels comfortable with and do what he's good at on offense. And defensively, he can just shine because that's what the Nuggets need him to do. And there's an irony to him having to find minutes or them having to find minutes that he is a tailor-made, out-of-the-package Michael Malone player. Yeah. He does all of the things that will get you on the floor for that coach, so... And and I think I think really for any coach that he just yeah. has those those skills. Zeke is he's too far into his career for us to not know yet for you to pick him. Let me say let me say this though. 
Zeke, if he was shooting the ball like he was the first two years, this would make it a lot harder. I just don't I don't buy the numbers either way. I don't buy his bad numbers this year, and I don't buy his great numbers in previous years. Too small of a sample size. I think he's probably in the middle. He's probably 38% shooter, 37% shooter, sure. or something like that. But if he was a 44% sh- three-point shooter with the, all the other stuff he brings, then oh, that's yeah. the way he would sneak into and this like, conversation. Can the guy get some power forward minutes? You know, <laughs> that's so true. If too. I'm him, I'm thinking, does anyone want to try that just once? Before Some, we... Somebody threw out Kamigate there. Oh, too hard. I think he in Gillespie, you could also throw into the same category. It's just too hard. Like, we don't know enough about him. I will say, though, with Kamigate, you know, the story, everybody's like convinced he's coming over next year. I think there's a great chance of it. I'm not so certain. But the biggest thing about Kamigate, I'm told, is that they just don't run any offense through him. And the Nuggets are like... I think a little frustrated that they don't know what he is offensively. Well, especially because that's been a big theme, right? With the second unit is the offensive identity. No, you can't replicate Jokic. Right. But can you, I don't know, run a dribble handoff? Can you just do something where he's not just in the dunker spot sure. and rebounding? Kamigate coming off a 22-point game. Oh. Ooh, what did he shoot? Last night. 10 of 12. Oh, yeah. 13 rebounds, two blocks. I'm telling you, he's just a dunker, man. I love it, though. Kamagate is exciting, but we just don't know enough Mm -hmm. about him. All right, we have one last ad read here. Can we get that in real quick before we scramble to get as many of these other questions in? Yes, sir. Backus and Shanker. Backus and Shanker, when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. They've been winning for Colorado families for more than 25 years. And Backus and Shanker, they're free until they win your case. You don't pay them any fees, no upfront fees, no fees while they work on your case. You don't pay them anything until... They win your case. Backus and Shanker, they've won $1 billion for their clients. And they have neighborhood offices here in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker, they help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. They have the easiest number to remember as well. 222-2222. Call them, find out if you have a case, and again, it's for free. Bacchus and Shanker. What was that wins. number again? I didn't I didn't get that. Just mash the number two. Until it starts ringing. And then you'll get through to Bacchus or Shanker. There you go. <laughs> um all right, we have some super chats. Let's rush through those first. People paid for them. Super chat, super chat. It's like a paid mailbag. Dylan Cantor. Bones get more opportunities than any rookie in the Malone era. Can't it's, disagree. Uh, no, it's not true, though. Tori no? Craig? No, it's, uh, well, it's Emmanuel Moody, who literally started oh, a season yeah, and a half. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He had nothing but bad games. It was a, diff- it was a different, different era, though. Era. Yeah. And they were, like, down with being bad. Uh, <laughs> Pablo, were. not a question, not a hot take. Just wanted to thank you for letting me be a part of the DNVR family. Oh, yeah, man. I told Wendy I would be here. I see you, Pablo. I see, man, I see Pablo, you. we appreciate you so Shout much, out, man. Pablo. That's what it's all about. That was nice. That was nice, man. Uh, turn my I love day when around. people are nice on the internet. I know. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> nice on the internet. I know. You know, every comment you get from anyone is just like, you dumbass. Totally. <laughs> you <dude>. clown <laughs> emoji. Yeah. Like, right. I professionally opine on the internet. I have noticed. Okay. Uh, Steven Vinter. Is that a smiley face? Nice. All right. Another <laughs> person being nice on man. the internet. What man. a day. Feeling good about today. Guys, we're looking at this the wrong way. This is the fire that Murray may or may not have needed. I love this. Man, you know what? Great take. How come none of us came up with this one? I Express love it. ExpressVPN, bringing it. <laughs> Did Jamal, yeah, down to three VPN. people Hell if yeah. you want to pull up. Uh, honest to God, like Jamal Murray, I think he could have used a little bit of this. I think actually there might be something to this, man. 
Somebody, somebody light that fire in him. Yeah, that's he was that's playing great, by the way, before the injury. Yeah, he was sure, great. sure. But I just want angry. It's Jamal. the dog days, you know what I mean? It's the dog days. <laughs> just trying to get through the dog days. You the know? dog days. Dude, another vibey super chat, Steve. This makes me appreciate MPJ so much more. Had way more draft capital with more <laughs> tough love from Malone, and has totally bought in. Team sees it too. They do. 100%, they do. Man. I'm, I remain, though, that the weirdest part of this is PJ rushing the post. It's the best part. <laughs> if he would have just distanced himself from it, it would have felt like better from the outside. But whatever. MPJ, you are in the club. He's in the club. Don't baby. trade bones. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you just think about how many times MPJ was in Michael Malone's doghouse. Yeah, that guy knows what it's like more than anyone, by yeah. the way. And he and Bones were close. Every time we walked in that gym, they were shooting together, talking together. Mm -hmm. And right. uh, with Mr. Dependable. How many guys are in the circle of trust post trade deadline? Oh, man. Man, we keep doing this every week. <laughs> I love All it. right. Why not? Circle of trust. All, All right. right. Let's update it. All right. Uh, well, Reggie Jackson probably leads the way. He, he did? No, he might be <laughs> close to in. I'm completely joking. I need to see him play a couple games I'm first. I'm completely joking. Right. Hey, Christian Brown is in. That's probably the biggest update, right? Christian Brown's in. Christian Brown's Vlock in. Goes in mine. Vlock goes in mine. I said, I said that he was last in mine. week. Yeah. He's in mine. He's in my circle of trust. Bruce Brown. And man, there are these little things with Porter, too. Like that, that first half was a straight F, and you're sitting there going, oh, man. Oh, man. But then he get then he turns around and plays good basketball in the second half. He, he does, but because of that, he's not in my circle of trust. I, also I might be crazy for saying that, but he's not. I'm with Wind, but I'll tell you this. He's getting closer. He's getting he, closer. He definitely is. I'm, opt I'm optimistic he's going to be in the circle. He's trend. made up a lot of ground this year. By the way, this is why I like playing Porter this year and not do it. Like, you know, all those opportunities where should he rest when other guys are resting? Porter needs reps. Yeah. And Porter's getting closer to the... Destination. Thomas Bryant, not my, Reggie Jackson, not Thomas Bryant, not in my circle of trust. We'll see what they look like in a Nuggets jersey. I'm going to we'll uh, take Bones Highland out of mine. <laughs> <laughs> he was in yours. All right, one more. One out more. Out of my T-Mobile Fay Five for sure. The best one you got for us, Kale. Right here, right here, right here. Who would you most want to see be the Udonis Haslam of the Nuggets down Yeah, this is hanging around one. for forever. I, I have an easy answer Let to this. It. They're not on the roster right now. Who is it? You got to bring Wancho home. <laughs> oh. I was thinking guys on the roster. I mean, I think Vlatko yeah. might actually be the Udonis Haslam of the Nuggets. Like, he just might be here for five, six, seven more years. Haslam, right. though, contributed. I, I think he's good enough to contribute. I honestly wonder... Does Vlatko want a different circumstance? You know, like, honestly, he's good enough to play in the NBA. So does he look at it sometimes? I'm curious with this new rotation. Is he out? Like, if he was out of the rotation, if I were him, I'd oh, kind of totally. be like, I don't know, man. I'm not that bad. Someone's going to take a flyer someone, on me. Someone yeah. could play me. Yeah, man. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he plays I, and then becomes, you know. Based on what I know about Vlatko, I think he... I think he would think about, you know, the entire picture. I think playing time, I'm sure it's important to him. I'm sure it's important to everybody. But I don't know if he would jump at the chance to leave Denver. <laughs> the most hipster possible answer to this question, P.J. Dozier. Nuggets fans are so Man, funny. They really love Dozier. You guys love P.J. I love P.J. Composure as well. But you're right. That is the one that I, because as much as I love him, yeah. I feel like the fan base does love, love him a little him. bit more even than they I do. It's love true. P.J. It's P.J. True. Dozier. You know what? I'm for it, though. I'm for PJ Composure coming home. Just I don't put know him why. up at the podium. <laughs> Me too. Remember when Malone was like, hey, he can come back even if he just wants to coach. Yeah. Like, like, dude, isn't like he like 20, 25? years old? <laughs> what are you talking about? All right. That does uh, it, guys, for a little Monday edition of the show. Guess what? We're back in these very chairs here in like two hours.
Oh. Hell yeah. What a treat. Can't wait for it. Buff shows up next. We'll see you guys. <laughs>